Hello and welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, celebrating a vibrant global community of women over 50 through entertaining interviews that will inspire, educate, and empower. Your host, Joanne Nuaduck, was born to nurture and promote vibrance. Joanne is both the Community Director for Calgary, Canada, and oversees the global operations for Fabulous at 50. As an oncology nurse, integrative practitioner in multiple modalities, life skills mentor and manager, Joanne moves people from challenging situations to positive outcomes through the use of her innate gifts and learned skills. Here's your host, Joanne Nuaduck. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I have a treat for you. I have just the most heart-centered, wonderful woman that I am fascinated by what she does. And in fact, I even own a couple pieces of what she does. My guest today is Kelty Masters, and she and her husband, Stan, started a photography business eight years ago, and that has led now into Back to Nature Apparel, and which was, I think, about three years old so far, and it is just blooming and taking off. And so I'm so thrilled that you've joined us today, Kelty. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joanne. It's great to be here. Well, I'm so happy, and I'm and just wondering, before we really get started into the juicy parts of the conversation, can you share a little bit more about your business and that evolution, what's going on with the two of you? Well, actually, it originally started um, about, like I said, eight years ago, and my husband uh, was going to buy me fur for our anniversary, and I thought, well, gee, I don't, I don't wear fur, but I guess if you're buying it, I will, and with that, <laughs> he handed me tickets to Churchill to go and see the polar bears. That was always on my bucket list. And oh, so, what a great surprise! Oh, absolutely. That and so that was that was the start of it. And and at the time, you know, I mean, I had been doing photography for a bit. I was a scrapbook instructor for about eight years. Stan had no idea about photography and how cameras work, but he knew really? that. Like, he, he says, "I want to. We need to go buy a new camera because he says when I take those pictures, he says I want to be able to see their retina." And so yeah. we went and bought a new camera. And about three weeks later, he comes to me and he says, "I need a bigger one." So I said, really? okay, he's hooked. So he was hooked. Yeah, hook, line, and sinker. So that was definitely the start of it for us. And going there and seeing these animals and seeing how they were struggling to survive in their environment. And I mean, we were there in October and they were big, but actually they were starving because anybody that knows about polar bears, they're in a walking hibernation the whole summer. So um, yeah, there that actually planted the seed in the foundation of trying of doing what we can to make a difference. And so that way we support all like we have pro- programs with our proceeds. Wow, that's incredible. And yeah. and the photography that you do is amazing. And I know that as we talk further, um, we'll get talking about how you then evolved your photography into an apparel line. Right. To which I own a foxy pair of leggings (laughs) and we'll get into that. We'll definitely get into that. But what I do know about you and and we've known each other for many years and our paths have crossed at various events all along. um, I know that you have a really amazing story and it's quite incredible. It's one of resilience and and that you have taken the initiative to work with somebody professionally to be able to work on developing your story to share it with the world and have an impact. Is there any chance I could talk you into sharing at least what you have developed so far, knowing it might not be your final product? 
Uh, I would love to. It's been 19 years in the making. Wow. And um, I do have to read it because, yes, it's still very new. But That's okay. Um, we understand. Most of us never sit down and share our story. I think especially as women, we just kind of go along with life and do our work. And um, it's like, oh, my life's unremarkable. It's just what what we all do. But the reality is we can all inspire each other. And I know your story is inspiring. So I'm going to let you take the stage at this point. Okay. Well, thank you, Joanne. So in starting, um, I have to ask, you know, have you ever had something happen to you that's so huge and so devastating that it literally takes your breath away and drops you to your knees, leaving you so numb that you have no idea how you'll ever get through it? Well, I had that happen to me 19 years ago. At the time, I couldn't imagine my life a year from then, never mind the decades. I wake up now every day and give thanks for the blessings in my life, including that horrific day that changed my life forever. Let me tell you about it. Upon returning home from getting groceries one dreary April morning, I called out to my husband, Dave, but got no answer. When I peered down the hallway, I could see our bedroom door was closed. So I assumed he, would, he was sleeping. That was something he'd been doing a lot lately. When I approached the door and took hold of the doorknob to open it, the moment I felt the lock was engaged, I felt the searing burn of a red hot poker enter my hand and run through my whole body. I ran to the kitchen to find something to pry open the door. Upon opening the locked door, I found my best friend, my husband of 22 years, lying on our bed with a gunshot wound to his head, with a gun laying next to him. A previous incident had left him handicapped and had taken the light out of his eyes, the zest for his life, and clouded the love in his heart. That day, my world was turned upside down and would never be the same. Believe me, there's nothing in life that ever prepares you for suicide. You always think it happens to someone else. Days became nights and nights became days as the numbness sank deep into my soul. I recall five days later when a friend and family uh, friends and families gathered at a house and I, I realized then I'd forgotten to call Stan, Dave's best friend, to let him know. I was told then that Stan and his son had come over the day after Dave's passing to share their condolences. I had no recollection of them ever being there. Hmm. I soon found it so unbearable to be left alone in our home. Every day after my kids left for school, I would leave my home to escape the horrific loss that engulfed our home, only to return again before school was over. This went on for about five months until finally my body had enough and shut down. I ended up sick and bedridden for two weeks. Now I had to stay home. But it was a breaking point for me and one that I really needed. When I finally felt strong enough, I started going for walks in the parks across the street. It was then that I discovered the healing energy of nature. Mm -hmm. My long walks in nature allowed me to escape to a place where no one judged me, no decisions needed to be made, and I developed a deeper understanding of life. And I knew then that I would survive. Hmm. It was during this time that I began sharing my walks with the man I'm now married to, Dave's best friend, Stan. Prior to Dave's death, we probably never spoke more than 15 minutes. But that day, we both lost a huge part of our lives. We both lost our best friend. Together, our walks in nature helped us heal our hearts and enabled us to move forward where we were able to learn not to live without him, but to live with the love that he had left behind. 
For Stan and I, nature became our therapy and enabled us to see the light at the end of a very dark tunnel. Having lived through the darkest of days and endless nights, we both know the amazing energy nature has to offer to help us through life's biggest challenges. Now more than ever, we all need some of that nature's therapy to get us through these uncertain times. As wildlife photographers, my husband Stan and I now often attend various markets and events where we share with people the stories behind our images. Those moments where we escape the busyness of life and all that's going on around us and truly become one with nature and indulge in her therapy. Kelty, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Like I said, it, it took me 19 years to put it into words, but now that I'm able to do so, I believe that, you know, it helps other people to realize that there's hope and yes. that we all can survive. And right now we're in so much uncertainty out there that we all need a little bit of nature's therapy in our lives. Absolutely. Nature is so filling to the soul. And I mean, and what you came through is one of the most horrendous types of situation. It's, you know, it's a, it's a fear and it's very real with what's going on with mental health and, and loneliness and, and feeling of despair and darkness that people get into and your plea for people really it's almost a plea to to know there are healing ways there are no ways to build our resilience through nature before things get that desperate and so but i i just want to honor you first in 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 being brave enough to share that you know whether it's months after or years after that story is compelling and so beautiful to inspire others that there there is hope and yeah yeah so I really I want to honor you for doing that thank you very much thank you thank you for allowing me to share that yeah yeah and what what I do recognize in this story is it's not one of victimhood it is one of although you might have you know, as you said, it, it got you to the point of your own breaking months after that is grief, but it's of resilience and how we come back. And to me, um, I'm feeling such gratitude and love in my heart because I've watched you when I, when I've been to, um, markets where you and Stan are there. And of course we're not having those right now, but I look forward to them next year and just to see the light coming from the two of you and Stan is so fun and in there and he's grabbing products off and want to try this. And the two of you make such beautiful partners. And so can you tell me just a little bit more of how, how did, how did you go from, you know, you shared a bit of how you got into the wildlife photography, you know, like hook, line and sinker, as you said, for Stan, how did that evolve into apparel? Well, at the time, um, like we said, when we came back from our polar bear trip, we knew we wanted to help make a difference. And um, for a few years, basically, you know, we sold prints and cards and things like that. But mm -hmm. I felt that we really needed something different, a different type of medium, because everybody was doing that. And right. so I spent a year doing research, finding out what was out there, um, trying different mediums, um, okay. some worked, some didn't, and finding a company that could truly not only um, give us a great quality, but capture that detail that really makes yeah. a difference. And so I was so excited to find a Canadian company, actually, that manufactures oh, our products. Oh, wonderful. 
And uh, I know, you know, at markets and whatnot, people ask if we, if I sold them. Well, I am a seamstress, so I'm very critical of what I was looking for, but there just yes. was not enough hours in the day for me to be able to do that <laughs> and keep up. So, but it's good yeah. to have that skill because if you have the skill yourself, you know the quality that you're looking for then. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fantastic. So share a little about what products you have. I'm curious because I, I just think it's fascinating. Like I, I, I can see not everyone that's listening to this is watching us on, on um, YouTube. You know, they can be listening on a podcast platform. And uh, so I'll have to describe it. But right now you have a beautiful scarf around your neck. Yeah. And yeah. what print is that one? This one here is our chickadees. Chickadees. So we have, okay. Yeah. So they're chickadees. So there's four different chickadees in Western Canada. And okay. uh, we, we actually ran a bed and breakfast for a number of years. And so um, we had a couple, well, we call it a chestnut back chickadee. And he's not even okay. to be in Alberta. And he showed up. And so, um, yeah, Stan actually in our backyard basically created a, an oasis for birds to come in. Oh, and uh, that's where he spent his time, you know, working yeah. and practicing his skill. And for him, he, like I said, he's self-taught photographer. So um, we have like scarves, we have handbags. Um, we have ladies leggings. We even have little kids leggings. Uh, and I have those are so them. cute. These oh are my gosh. They're adorable ones. with little animals on them. And so that's what yeah. I was saying. I have a pair of Foxy. And so what I love is it's like the animal, but you have the beautiful greenery behind it. And then that's printed on the material and sewn up. And, uh, they're so fun to wear. Yeah. 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 So it's, I know often it's been referred to as ladies camel. But uh, um, <laughs> last year, something new that we brought out actually was our, was our face mask. And we had people asking us at the beginning of the year if we were going to consider doing that. And at the time, I thought, you know, I don't know if I want to put this kind of energy into it because maybe this is just a fad, you know. So I kind of held off for a few months. And then, unfortunately, as time progressed, we realized this was not going yeah. away. So, yeah. so basically, we just took some of our more popular images and put them out on our social media to see what kind of response. Nice. And it was it exploded. It was unbelievable. Oh, it's fun because it's like you have the face or the snout or whatever of the, of the mask, the animal on the mask. So um, yeah, like people are, if you're going to be wearing a mask as you know, as long as it, it meets their criteria, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And I was going to say, well, and because we knew that they were so popular, we created a fundraiser for wildlife rehabilitation programs. Oh, excellent. Tell me more about that. So, so with that, we basically, uh, we donate $5 back from every face mask we sell directly back to the wildlife rehab programs. And, uh, and also now what we're doing as well is we've set it up so that we can help other uh, organizations like Friends of Kananaskis, for example, they okay. did a fundraiser. And so we use our face masks or we use our products. But this is kind of our way of helping give back at this point. Oh, that's beautiful. So if somebody wants to reach you before we continue on, I have a bunch of other questions for you. But um, if someone wants to reach out, whether to get the mask or something else, how do they reach you? What's um, the best? Actually, website? Um, yeah, they, they can either email me and my email is just my back to nature at gmail.com or they can check us out on our website which is www.backtonatureapparel.com and uh, there's more information there as well as our contact info excellent and all of this will be in the show notes along with you know a little more formal bio um fantastic now i want to take a little bit of an about face i love that you're doing this space uh, this business but this you know your wildlife photography and your apparel only started within this last decade 
so clearly this wasn't your first line of work. It's, you know, it's an encore business as they like to call or a second or a third, you know, what did you start off doing and how, how did that transition happen? And I'm just curious, was, was it something, was it life, obviously some life circumstances played in there, but I'm just wondering if there is even a bit of a point of time with aging where you suddenly went, I want to do what fills me up. Exactly. You know, for us, um, after Stan and I got married and um, we left the city and we moved to the country and that's kind of where we both needed to go for our, for our therapy, for, for nature. Yes. And with that, we, we built our dream home out in Water Valley and um, we, we just enjoyed life. It was amazing. And at the time we thought, well, we got 10 more years of earned income. And so, yeah, oh, okay. so we poured everything into this log home that we built and Stan is in the oil field. And when it crashed, it was three mm. years later. So we got three years out of our 10 years of earned income. So we thought, what do we do? So at the point, at that point, we decided to open up a bed and breakfast because mm -hmm. so many of our friends had come out there and they just loved it. And they said, oh my God, how do you ever leave this place? And it said, looked, you know what? I, yeah, the, it was a log cabin, right? It was just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it was our staycation. And so we thought, you know, everybody loves coming out here. Let's do a bed and breakfast. And mm -hmm. for me as a scrapbook instructor, I used to offer retreats for my customers. So we did a bed and breakfast and a small group retreat. So we often did, like you said, scrapbooking and quilting retreats. Nice. And that, that really took off. And Travel Alberta actually did a feature on us and included us as one of the six unique places to stay in Alberta. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was something that we both loved. I, yeah, it was loved beautiful. People. Beautiful. Yeah. I was going to say, I was so disappointed because I was gearing up to go this is the year I'm booking to go out and then you decided to change again and yeah if you yeah. share a little bit about that because it's, yeah. I'm so amazed at the resiliency and just the willingness to adapt and and each time and and maybe share a little bit about this is what I've noticed is when we're willing to shift to something new it's exciting and new there's always still sadness of saying goodbye to what you're leaving behind each time I've seen you step into something newer and bigger and better and greater. So, so yeah. taking it up from where the bed and breakfast, you decided to move on from that. Well, and that was something that, you know, um, at the time we knew that we needed to, to leave just because um, for Stan, my husband, he has PTSD as well as mm. do I. And um, the, we actually, we had a gravel pit that was going to open up a kilometer from our bed and breakfast. Mm. And that would have just killed our business. And mm. we fought it. We rallied the troops. We actually won, but we know oh. it's inevitable because it's right. just sitting on a, a landmine of gravel, which is so valuable. Right. And, and the stress of all that really um, escalated Stan's PTSD. He had suppressed PTSD that just exploded. So we knew we had mm. to leave. And, you know, I guess for me, I've really come to realize that when one door closes, another one opens. And so we had to look at the opportunity. And, and sometimes it's those, um, it's, it's our health that really makes those tough decisions for us. Yeah. And so, so we knew we had to leave. So, um, but prior to that, our photography business was starting mm -hmm. to take off and it basically developed from our, at our bed and breakfast. And we could see that our customers, they loved it. They were buying it. So we oh, thought, yeah, yeah we can, if we get it out there, I'm sure there'll be more people that really truly benefit from it. And, nice. and just seeing how much of a difference it made for people's lives, the stories that we would hear that would come out, you know, them seeing the different images and stuff. 
So um, we actually um, put our place up for sale. It took about three years to sell and wow. uh, it's old during COVID, but you know, it was, it was the perfect timing. And I kept telling myself all those time, all those years that we were waiting, it wasn't selling yet because the next place wasn't ready. And oh. I truly believed in that. And, I, and what you know, a beautiful, sorry, I was going to say, what a beautiful um, faith in what's coming next, that the right timing will be the right timing and we'll step forward. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing is believing because for me, I knew, like I said, that place was wait, was going to be available when the time was right. And when we sold, we ended up having two weeks to pack up and leave. So I had to find a place that was available in two weeks. I found the perfect place. It was just oh. amazing. We're, we're here in Olds right now. And, you know, it's a small town. We still have deer come through the yard. We have a little mm. box that runs around. It, it's perfect. We couldn't have asked for a better place. Oh, and that's fantastic. Was- you know, I, I'm... I'm so amazed, you know, that you went from, and, and, and as a, a, a source of inspiration for people is your original, I think, career was as a bookkeeper and yeah, to transition. Was, yeah. And that's a very functional job and you need to do that. But to see you now living in your genius, really living your passion and doing I, that's such an inspiration for people that are out there. It's not about necessarily retiring and being done and putting your feet up and then what I twiddling your thumbs for the rest of your life it's like find something you love it doesn't always have to turn into a business but no. just do things that fill you with joy and I so appreciate that so as a way of winding up this session because it's been so amazing having you on as a guest would you be willing or um could you draw in your little uh bag of goodies here of wisdom and share at least three pearls with us i would love to um for me i really i how do i put it taking taking that first step you know we we like you said we hold back because we're fear of failing we're fear of um, of not being successful. And I think yeah. that's the biggest thing is taking that very first step. Yeah. And with that, the, the rest of them will get easier. Um, yeah. that, that's truly something that I, that I believe in. Um, the other thing I strongly recommend to people is listen to your body. Um, I, yeah. I know for me, that's been huge. And that's, that's really helped me with my PTSD as well. Um, yeah. I know my limits and, um, and Stan, like I said, has it as well. So for him, we're able to, to know each other's um, signs mm. and signals and, uh, and definitely, like I said, listen to our bodies and do as much as you can and don't push yourself. Nice. Um, the thing is, and as I mentioned before, is I really strongly is um, learning to believe. I have the word believe around my house in different places. And to me, that's, that's, that's the, the key to it is, is truly learning to believe. And, and with that, you know, bring some adventure into your life. Because that's what really makes it fun. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love those. Those are great. And I want to go back to the first one. We were talking about don't be in fear of failing. Just take that first step. And I love with the the work I do with my private clients and and the training I've done with belief-free parenting. um, One of the things that I learned, because I was was very much in that that same ballpark, as you were saying, where it was like, oh, I don't know, you know, like, we want to fail as if like we're supposed to learn how to do something right off the first back, but we just talk about it being a mistake, but separating the words, it's a mistake. 
So it's a bit like the actors and actresses. It's like take two or, you know, when you hear about it, it's like take 325 for that scene. Can you imagine what movies would look like if they went, oh, well, you're only allowed to do it right on the first take. You're never allowed another. And I'm like, well, when you put it that way, how ridiculous is it for us to not let ourselves, you know, try something and fail or, you know, that's like throwing a ball to a little kid and expecting them to catch it right off the bat. And we have to learn and we have to be willing. And I so appreciate you putting it out there, taking the first step and you know listening to your body so it's not so much limitations but it's considerations right taking your body into consideration so that you're not pushing so hard that you're doing detriment but that you're actually supporting your body and the last one again was sorry i blanked on the last one that they believe believe that's right believe believe in what i and and it is it's like put that faith what our subconscious will believe what we are on the on the conscious level will tell it all the time. So on that note, it was such a dream to have you on today. Thank you so much, Kelty. You and your husband are an inspiration. And I look forward to future conversations. And the next time I'm going to come and, and try on something new. And maybe I'll walk away with one of your beautiful scars next time to go with my foxy pants. So thank you for everyone who has joined us to today's call. And uh, we appreciate you being here and spread the word, go in and like, or subscribe, or depending whatever platform you're on, we super support, I appreciate your support. And um, I wish everyone a wonderful day and let's end with saying, and do your best to get into nature. All right. Take care, Kelty. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Fabulous at 50 podcast with your host, Joanne Neweduck. Join us again for more inspirational interviews on topics that matter to you. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, check out the liner notes or to learn more about this vibrant community that celebrates women over 50, please visit fabulousat50.com. That's www.fabulousat50.com.